There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue. We've been the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically, except right now we're doing the Serenity books because we're all caught up on the Buffy stuff, except for two more episodes that we're going to do, one for Buffy, one for Angel, trying to figure out what they are. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily, and that was a really bad run-on <laughs> sentence. <laughs> but they're caught up to the world of things. Yes. Welcome to week three of five of our Serenity coverage. And right now, by the time this comes out, it's our anniversary. Is it really? And you're in Japan. I'm not with you. That doesn't reflect our marriage at all. Everything's fine. Happy <laughs> two years. Oh, boy. Oh, please. If only you could go to get a free trip to Japan, too. I mean, I could, but it would be as a mail-order bride. I don't think it works like that. Or mail-order mail. Groom? <laughs> the opposite of bride is not mail. That sounded funnier. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that aside, this week we are starting to do the stuff that you would count as post-movie. So sit down, watch yourself a movie from 2005, and grab yourself book three of your hardcovers. Also book two. We're getting to that one later. Book two keeps coming back. Do you remember when we were first dating and I looked at the Serenity uh, movie and I read the back of it and I was like, mm, this doesn't really seem like an Emily movie. And you almost broke up with me at that exact moment. Like That's enough of this. I actually don't feel like we need to see each other anymore. Good times. <laughs> uh, when everything you said was a silent judgment by me. I know. But I didn't judge everything that you said. <laughs> you should have. I just let you do whatever you want. Long rambly stories. Yes. And, and that's why I do podcasting. Yay. So what we were doing first is we're, like I said, book three. This was an OGN. Original made, graphic novel. Yeah, just a graphic novel. It was never out in comic book form. Called The Shepherd's Tale, doing Shepherd Books Origin. At the time of release, I don't know if it's still true or not, but it was Dark Horse's best-selling graphic novel, at least at the time. Oh. It might have been surpassed at this point. That's a fun fact, I, though. I didn't double-check if it's been surpassed or not. Probably. But at the time. The downside of reading this book is that uh, Whedon had always said, the second I tell his backstory, there is zero chance of a sequel. This came out like, what, 2014? I mean, at that point, there was basically no chance of a sequel, but... You know, still having that confirmation was like, oh, man. I hope it was 2014. I made that number up. I don't know. I didn't look at the copyright page either. 2010, I was way off. You were way off. You're not normally that off. Yeah. Yeah. You've just been living in disappointment for eight years, but you didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Almost a decade. My God. Wow. We met in 2014. Maybe that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> Think, thinking, <laughs> thinking about our marriage, <laughs> which is clearly falling apart as we're on opposite sides of the world. Oh, man. That's sad. I'll be back soon. So, story was done by Joss and Zach Whedon, which mostly means Joss gave his brother a plot and his brother did all the hard work. And the other hard work was done by Chris Samney, who did one of the other ones from book two. I don't remember the name of it already. He's the artist. Yeah. He's very famous in the comic art world. And this is going to be kind of an interesting one to talk about because instead of doing things, you know, as the name goes in the show, chronologically, we're doing the opposite. It's a non-linear format. It goes backwards and doesn't always make sense. But I like it. It worked out well for this. And I also liked how everything moved along at a nice pace. So we open up our story at the Haven Mining Colony. Hope nothing bad happens there. Right? You know, we recognize Book and we recognize the whole world. That little kid, I think in the outtakes Mal referred to him as that kid taking a dirt nap with baby Jesus. Yeah, that kid. Wow. I guess it would technically be Nathan Fillion who said it, not Mal at that point, if it's an outtake. Yes, it would be. But they're curious if Mal and Serenity are ever going to come back. And Book's like, oh, you know, they like it over here. So if they ever swing back through, yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably stop by. Little do you know they're on their way. I know. 
And this woman approaches Book and she's like, how did you fall in with them originally? He's like, well, that depends. Should I go back to my birth and yada yada? She's like, no. She's like, legitimately, I just met. When did you meet them? Simple question. He's like, it's a hard question to answer. No, it's not. No. It's really not. It's really not at all. Just say, when did you meet? You go, I don't know, a little while ago. Depending on who you believe in timeline, maybe it's four years, maybe it's eight months, maybe it's closer to six months. In this book, it's like two years. Or It doesn't make sense. I thought it said two years. Oh, then it says two years again. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really I bad. just didn't add. Oh, that's not great. Yeah, no, the math in this doesn't work. I'll get into it very shortly. Anyway, so at that exact moment when Book is about to launch into his whole life story, I don't know anybody that monologues, so I can't imagine that at all. He hears this rumble overhead. And we see it's the Alliance ship that came that the operative sent out to kill everyone that they've ever, you know, gone to hide with. Yes. Thankfully, Book is close enough to the one gun they have. Yeah, it's Yay. like a yeah, it's a it's a big machine gun too. We saw it in the movie. It's you know the one that was there. Yeah, and so he shoots down the Alliance ship with his big machine gun, but he gets shot while he's shooting down the ship. Yeah, you know, as we knew, this looks a little more violent. They're like he is just spilling blood, he's <laughs> bleeding out everywhere. It is disgusting. He's very gelly about it too. Sorry, I mean his last bits of dialogue are ah ah ah. He yells ah three times with I different know. variations of a's and h's. <laughs> Okay, so here was my confusion on this one. Like, I totally get the book shot down that uh, ship, but you don't see as much the destruction of Haven, which was... Yeah, I suppose that's true. This you know what I mean? just comes through, blows up like two buildings compared to all the buildings. And all the people. Like, I'm totally all for book eventually killing the ship, but it doesn't seem like the ship gets in the destruction that it does in the movie. This is also the smallest thing to nitpick about. But, hey, statement. I bet I can find smaller. It's not a contest. <laughs> it is now. Oy vey. I'm so sorry, everybody. But aside from yelling, ah, Book does have an inner monologue talking about how he's found faith and he's had family and how he starts to reflect on life. You know, kind of flashing before your eyes before you die thing. You had that once with a dryer. It didn't really flash before my eyes. Oh, you just cursed. I just yelled and thought I was going to be decapitated. <laughs> okay. Luckily, you weren't. Yeah. Be good words to go out on. Oh, gosh. So we find out that two years ago, he was nope. on Serenity. There's a problem with this Firefly timeline. It was even before these comics. Yes, it does say two years earlier. Well, so. it says Serenity two years earlier. So for a second, I thought it said 72 years earlier. <laughs> and I was like, that's not right. This it's can, not. <laughs> this comes up twice. Um, once in the episode Trash, which Mal says that they found Saffron about six months back. And then well, that was the what third to last episode and then when serenity happens he says that they've only had river and simon on the boat for eight months so that means that everything that happened in those first like 11 episodes was over a course of you know month month and a half well and also there's the part in one of the comics that we just read where anara mentions that she's only been on there for about a year yeah well she said that or before. somebody mentions that somewhere so this doesn't work. He, Book wasn't there for two years or the Serenity timeline's all messed up. They also were about to say he was there for closer to four. So, hey, whatevs. And he's lifting weights with Jane. And based on what he has on the bar, he is doing about 225. And Jane's like, can't lift 225. That's not what he says, but it's what it should be. Assuming it's, those are 45 pound plates. Instead, Jane just starts talking about whether uh, he's going to go to heaven when he dies. And, and Book's like, no. Book is like, this is really not the time nor the place to have this discussion. And he's like, how many bad things have you done? And he's like, a few. And then he refers to River as Jelly Brain. I like that. But he's uh, what's weird is they've had this conversation before, or almost. One, what, what was the name? 
I can imagine the conversation. I have no idea what episode it's in. Like, I, the I can one remember. With Tracy, it. what is it? The message. There we go. Yeah. Got there. He's talking to Book about death. He's like, you know, afraid life like mine don't last long. Shepherd, you pray over me when I die. Sorry, what was that direct quote from nothing? <laughs> How many times have you seen this? Don't even want to speculate. A few. But Jane's getting really upset. He's like, what do you mean I'm going to hell? Well, not that long ago. Or maybe two years later. Who the hell knows? It doesn't make sense to worry about it. They already had this conversation, and James seemed pretty resolved that, you know, that was what was going to happen. But he's very upset that he's going to hell. Well, and here's the confusing part for me as well, is that Jane seems a very practical person. Like, what he can see is real, and what he can't is not. I have trouble imagining Jane's indignation at the possibility of not making it into an afterlife that he doesn't necessarily believe in. Anyway, that's kind of unrelated to the story. Yeah, we're really dwelling on this one page for some reason. Yeah, it's really fine. Book then goes into the galley where he drinks water and Kaylee's like, you drink water awful purdy, Shepard. And basically he's like... <laughs> made her sound so dumb. You did. Poor Kaylee. And basically Book talks about how the water supports him in life and that it is the most important substance so he's going to appreciate it. And She's like, yeah. truly divine. You make everything sound nice. So after a nice monologue about water, he goes... You have monologued about less. <laughs> Let's not throw stones from glass houses. Goes out to the cargo bay to find Mal and Zoe are wrestling a guns dealer. I know, and he just literally looks in. They're like, the guns dealer pulled a gun on Zoe. And he just turns around and doesn't even say anything. That's my favorite. And goes to pray. And then that reminds him of another prayer that he had two years earlier, right before he got on Serenity. When he was leaving the Abbey and he was trying to figure out where he was going next. And he has a discussion with, I think it's probably the Mother Superior. Replace years with months and this works a lot better. Still not accurate, but closer. It just, it's just it, messy. It doesn't matter. It's just messy. I'm really just nitpicking a word here. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway. Earlier. It happens earlier. It does happen earlier. And so he has a conversation with the Mother Superior and she's like, Book, why are you leaving us? Like, we, we loved having you here and it seems like you've really grown and that you've been healing and, and we're sad to see you go. And he's like, basically, I I got my usefulness out of this place and now I want to go spread that to everybody else. Yeah. And it's even a little strange the way they bring it up because we never really see that aspect of it. It almost makes him sound like he wants to become a freelance missionary. Yeah. But yes. We... This conversation does make him sound like a freelance missionary, which I've never even considered as a profession but sure you understand what i'm saying he kind of says he's like i'm gonna go spread the word of god to places that don't have it yeah with no supervision just me and the big man yeah but this whole conversation reminded me the most of the sound of music a little bit yeah do you not remember that conversation yeah they're all sick of maria no the one where they're trying to send maria to the captain's house yeah, yeah i know i know what you meant so he leaves and he finds kaylee in that scene we've seen before you know the nice blue sun sign in the background is persephone kaylee has her little parasol i like kaylee's parasol also very sound music-esque yeah and you have the whole line of kaylee like you're coming with us then flashback 10 years earlier at this point i'm not gonna argue about the timeline because yeah do I at know? this point what do we know we do know that book has always loved a mustache that's what we know that's what we learned which i guess is identifying for him but i would have figured it out with something different than the mustache and his hair's a little bit crazier yeah he has some dreadlocks going on he's drinking and being thrown out of a bar apparently he's uh good and hearty drunk that's happened many times his being thrown out yes yeah and you know because he's thrown out of a bar of course it's muddy because every bar has mud outside of it does it i think in pop culture it does oh, okay i think most bars it's like cement and tar 
But a guy finds him on the street and he asks Book if he was on the... I.A.V. Alexander. Well, he identifies as like a Book. Did we the... ever learn his first name before? Never in canon. It showed up once on his gravestone, but even that, they forgot to put the L on it. So I think it just says Daria. Oh. Or maybe there's an L in there and it's very faint. Maybe. Even on the supplementary material like the blu-ray like they put his name in there when they're doing like the interview but they even got that wrong it's like Mariel book so <laughs> i don't remember what books had what is books about book but like the old companions and whatnot i don't remember when it was like officially cleared up but this is our first time seeing it spoken in canon yeah in print and so i guess it's this forever it's Daryl. good book. old Mariel himself or daria or whatever. Or Henry. That's that's later. <laughs> okay. So anyway, this very uniformed officer looking guy. Kicks him in the face. Yeah. After he's, he's like, you were on the IAV. Alexander. 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 And Book wakes up back in a cot somewhere. It looks like a church. I mean, you can see a cross in the background. It looks kind of like a homeless shelter. Could be that. That's kind of what I thought, because it's definitely in a room with other cots and other people who are just in various states of shabbiness. So he goes to a table where he's brought a bowl of soup, and this is where he finds the meaning of life and the point of existence. Yep, and he has this whole big, deep, dark thing about soup is keeping him alive and the soup is being supported by this bowl and the bowl is being supported by a table and the table is being supported by the earth except and it's all these in- on earth they mm-hmm. definitely say earth they're saying building rest on the earth i just think it oh the, the earth okay i that's what i was most confused about and i was like i well, even, he even says in the next panel what planet is this again yeah but yeah, it's this whole thing about how the universe is indifferent but it all sustains life and everything's connected and that's why he likes water so much and since the universe is supporting him and giving him life, he has to decide what he's going to do to give back. So he wanders around and he finds the convent. And that's how he ends up there. With a neon glowing cross. So, you know, you know, it's a good one. <laughs> that's how I pick my religion. Which one looks the most like Vegas? Wow, classy. I didn't do it. I didn't think it was neon and glowing. <laughs> it 100% is. Look at that neon glow. The blue lights reflecting on his face. I guess it is. But Either anyway. that or he just found himself at a medical center. He's like, this one. No, those are green. Those no, crosses. Th- those are the weed ones. No, in, oh, I guess in Europe, all the pharmacies have big green crosses outside. Yeah, I think those are the weed dispensaries. Not in France. Not in Italy. I also might be wrong. I don't know. I think so. I don't know. Cutting to six years earlier. And we see that Book is no, no longer, longer crazy. Yeah, still with a mustache. And he's in a uniform that looks very military-esque. And he's saying that the Alliance needs to retreat because he's an Alliance officer. We never would have figured that out, except there's some weirdness in here. Yeah, there's all sorts of weirdness. So on the TV screens in front of him, there's just fire everywhere. And so Book is like, retreat, we have to retreat. And he's called to a superior officer's station and he's like, we can negotiate the release of our troops. And like 4,000 people just died on the Alexander. I was waiting. I didn't think you were going to go that one. I thought you were going to do the uh, Eliza Alexander, the more desperate sounding one. Not the one that's like kind of (laughs) jazzy. It's a jazzy 4,000 people death. And it wasn't just soldiers. These were people who were just loyal to the Alliance and all that. And medical personnel and nurses and teachers and doctors. And he's like, put me in charge of an investigation. We'll find the mole who led us into this trap. Akbar style. And they're like, do you honestly think that your career is continuing with us? So they basically said, you're dishonorably discharged, ripped off his thing. like Literally (laughs) ripped off his badge off his chest. Yeah, they're like, the Alliance Command doesn't want to deal with embarrassment, so we were sweeping this under the rug, and they kick him into an escape pod that might kill him, but it doesn't. So here's where I think things get a little wonky. 
because we see in the episode safe i think that's episode is it five or six let's say six it's probably five i guess it depends on how you count serenity yeah so you're safe either way Uh but book is shot they go to an alliance cruiser and he's like check my ident badge where he says it more like uh because you know he's been shot and what wow and they scan it and they're that like, was terrible acting on your part like get this man medical care immediately why yes. why would they be like the guy who killed four thousand people okay here's my only here's my like, only you know, thought bleed out so they don't actually call it dishonorably discharged they just say relieving you of duty and taking you off the ship immediately but we're not actually doing any sort of investigation so what i wonder is legally like officially if nothing in his credentials ever changed maybe or or like if if his title still stands but just he was never going to get any sort of anything anymore out of the alliance i think it's more an inconsistency from my belief but i will get into kind of my main issue with this whole story at the end i can roll with that that they just didn't change it cut to four years earlier than that and we see book is in an interrogation and by interrogation i mean torturing someone from the alliance or not the alliance the other one the independence the rebels yeah aren't they the rebels the independence do i just call them rebels you're thinking star wars that's what i thought yeah <laughs> and he keeps on yelling at them. he's like what's your name look at me in the eye tell me what you're doing here blah 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 and he keeps stepping on their foot that's his torture technique which would hurt it sounds real crunchy and we see two officers outside saying how quickly he's climbed through the ranks and all the ambition he's shown. And they're like, what's he in this for? What does he really believe? Does he want money or fancy office or does he just want to take out the independents? And the answer is nobody really knows. But he beats up this woman some more. Mm-hmm. So classy guy. Cut to four more years earlier. We should really count this up. How old is he? 12. No, he's definitely like 30s probably. Yeah. Late 20s, early 30s. So he has his cornrows back. And a mustache still, because he just picked that for life. He did pick that for life, but he has a brown coat on this time. <gasps> does that mean anything? I don't know if they meant it to mean anything, but actually, neither do I, it does. <laughs> and we see two Alliance officers. Actually, no, I lied. Three. Three are attacking him, and he beats them all up. Good very, for Book. Very effectively. And we see that Book goes into a secret meeting with all the independents who are actually all are wearing brown coats. So let's say it was intentional. I like it. We're observant. It's very... Depressing. Well, I was going to say French Resistance-esque. This is apparently right before the war gets started. Things actually haven't kicked off yet, but people are concerned that things are getting to a boiling point. And so the leader of this particular group of rebellion people says that they need to stick a mole into the alliance and that their life will they'll never be able to go back to it and it'll be changed forever yeah Yeah, and that everything's gonna change from that moment on and that blah 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 and everybody walks out of the meeting except for book who's like i have nothing to live for and he's like but how would you actually get information back from this mole because the alliance has everything monitored and they're like we have our ways so they take out book's eye and put in a robot eye do we ever know that no okay so meanwhile, Book has a robot eye this whole time and never actually uses it. I mean, he does because they see it, everything that he's doing. But here's what weirds me out about having a constant robot eye. You get zero privacy. Does that mean you put on like an eye patch when you want like five minutes to yourself? I guess. Because they don't say like, they basically, we'll see everything you see. Nope. They're going to know what he looks like naked real fast. <laughs> like just... that. And any weird habit he has. Oh, gosh. They'll just be like, this is not useful information, (laughs) but we're very up on his personal life. I wonder if he can like turn it on and off. They don't say that he can, so I'm going to say eye patch. But they don't say that he can't either. They don't really give us a lot of... Robot eye. I don't know. They don't give us a lot of instructions on this, maybe because we don't have robot eyes. They also say that he's going to have to get a new identity since he's a criminal. And he's like, sounds good. So he goes out and he finds this Navy guy who's just wandering around. I don't know why he said Navy. Because he's wearing a peacoat. 
Okay. He's definitely in the Navy. So. Can there be a Navy on this, wherever we are? He looks very Navy-esque. I mean, I guess on planet by planet basis, you would still have a Navy if you had water. He's wearing a peacoat and he's carrying like the Army Navy rucksack thing. And Book grabs him, brings him into an alley, snaps his neck. Yeah. And then steals his identity. So he kills the original Book. And he goes, hmm, Daryl Book, I can live with that. Or Mariel. Probably Daryl. Or Maria. Maybe he changed it. Maybe that's all part of Book's plan. So it was never his name to begin with. So then we cut back earlier. Six years later. Let's say he's in his early 20s at this point. You meant six years earlier. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My mistake. And he's being chased by the police and someone yells out. They're like, look out, Henry. So his original name is Henry. Henry Evans, as we find out. And he grabs a passing by flying car and leaves his friend to get caught by the police. Yeah. And his friend is like, what? What was that, man? <laughs> he's like, He just calls him a jerk. Followed by Henry going to a bar. Very Aaron Burr-esque. Sitting down. Alliance officer next to him recognizes who he is, so Henry pulls a gun on him. Maybe or maybe doesn't kill him, we don't know. And he's approached by a future brown coat saying that they need Legitimately fighters. in a brown coat, though. Yeah. He's like, hey, we're starting up the independence, so we're going to need fighters. And he's like, I'm not about it, but they're like, hey, you like to fight? He's like, maybe I do. So then he goes home and he sees that the Alliance have found out where he lives, and as he's about to go into his apartment, he sees them all crowding there. And breaking his door down. So he decides it's a good time to join the independence. Yep, so he runs away. Cut to 10 years earlier, he is but a teen boy going home to find that his father is drunk and then his dad beats him up. <laughs> yeah, so he has this whole thing about how he can float away in his own mind when his dad is passed out Then when his dad wakes up. He's a mean old drunk. Yep. And so then he decides that he's not going to let anybody control his life anymore. He packs up a bag and he leaves. And if only he'll be able to find a family that will accept him. And that's the end slash beginning of Book's Tale. Yeah. In the long run, I don't think we really needed this. I quite liked it, actually. I liked... So do I, but I don't think it was necessary. I liked seeing all the pieces. I liked actually learning new things about Book, right? We know his personality characteristics. That's going to come up in the next one. So in contrast to the next thing that we're going to talk about, I really like how this one taught us new things about him, showed us a different side of him, showed us different things that he'd done throughout his life. Gave us more of a backstory that we would never have known. But I mean, between the whole thing of like, you know, my ident card and they're like, oh, no, we respected this man so much. We also find out that all along he was really a good guy, no matter what. And I think that kind of takes away from the character. I think it's a more interesting story if he was a crap guy who then had a falling out with the Alliance and then tried to write his life versus being like, I was always good. Okay, I totally know what you're saying, but I feel and he like... he wasn't that good. I guess he was killing guys in alleys. Yeah, in, in my world, he got so deep into both the Independence and the Alliance at the same time that when he got kicked out of the Alliance... He could have gone back to an independent movement, but he didn't. He literally just went and drank in a bar by himself. I think he lost his way enough that he's not just a hero all along in the shadows. Yeah, he might have been trying to pull down the alliance from within, but when he got kicked out of that, he lost everything. He lost his motivation. He lost who he was. I don't I know what you're saying, but it's not like he just triumphantly at the end was like, "Jokes on you. You can send me away in an escape pod, but I'm just going to I mean, guy like who's, my thing is done. Guy who stumbles in to the independence, then apparently cares about it so much that he's going to become a lifelong mole. I just would have preferred. Yeah, he wasn't that great of a guy. That seems more interesting than guy with, I don't know, nothing to lose. But that, I mean, that's just me. We know his origin now. It's fine. I liked it. 
I don't think it really adds that much. Okay, here's what I really like too. I like the pacing of it. I like that this they could have dragged this out much more than they did. Yeah, we just hit up key moments. And and it was nice. It was nice little vignettes. There's not a lot of exposition. Exposition's your least favorite thing in the world. Yeah, no, that's true. They do they do a really good job of keeping exposition to a minimum, but at the same time, I was not confused None ever. None of it felt unnecessary. Right. And then sometimes the transitions felt a little contrived. It's like, this thing reminds me of this thing, but beyond that. Right. But I mean, that's what you're going to get with a story That's what you're like going to get. That's the whole point of this. Yeah, I mean, having these mysteries answered, at the end of the day, I'm like, eh, it's about the same as what we thought. I liked the nonlinear format. Yeah, probably giving it a harder time than it deserves. I quite liked it. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's interesting. I really like the art in it. Characters all sound like we the characters. We didn't talk about the art at all, but it's Chris, it's really good. It's very... Um, there's a reason that Chris Samney has the career he's had. It feels more realism than cartoony. I don't know. He's more a stylized artist. Yeah, but it doesn't... I don't know. I guess in contrast to some of the Buffy stuff, I liked it. It was a grittier style and it felt right. Well, he's a guy. I can pick out his art anywhere. He has a very distinct style. But from there, so I guess the answer is, you know, read it, but it's not giving you much more than you already kind of figured out on your own. But I liked it. Go back to book number two, the Better Days one, and flip all the way to the back. It's the last book in there. It's called Float Out. Written by Patton Oswald. Yes, that one. Yeah, I know. Apparently when he was on Dollhouse for two episodes, Episodes, he pitched this idea to Joss, and Joss was like, run with it, go do your thing. And art by Patrick Reynolds. Okay. Not an artist I don't think I really know his stuff. So just for a premise thing, the last thing we just talked about was book's end of life thing. And, and towards beginning of life. Right. And so this is kind of Wash's memorial. Yeah. We have three individuals gathering around who we've never met before, who all apparently knew Wash, and they are going to start off on their own ship. They're going to set out on a Firefly christened the Jet Wash. Yes. And so they want to christen it with a bottle of champagne, but they feel like they need to say something, say a word for Wash before they christen the ship the Jet Wash. Which is really strange when you kind of think about this for half a second. Firefly literally takes place over the course of the universe. These are three guys who all knew Wash, who all get together for this little memorial, don't really understand how they know each other because they apparently knew him all independently. And I don't think there was exactly a memorial for a guy who's essentially a wanted criminal. Right, and the fact that So they, how the hell did they get together? How did they know that Wash died? Yeah. How did the they first know place? each other? Yeah. So But anyway, putting all that aside. Look, realistically, this is a one shot and we're not gonna spend a lot of time on it. I think this will probably be the fastest issue we have ever talked about. So first they squabble about their own interpersonal relationships, which they have for some reason. Here's my thing. I don't know these characters. So whereas if it were Jane and Mal and I don't know, Book who were talking all about their well, relationships with Watch. Okay, you know what I mean. So if it were Jane and Mal and Simon. The ghost of Book. Who were all talking about their relationships with Wash, I would have so much more interest in listening to their conversation because I know them. And so when they talk about these different events, I have either their personalities to latch onto or I have the event to latch onto. But this one I have neither. Yeah, these guys all have an established relationship, but since we'll never see them again, I don't really care. One's so, named Leland. One's named the something, other ones. Something else. There's two Trey more. Trey yep. and Tag. Oh, that's right. Because they kept confusing Trey and Tag and Leland. So they're just standing there chatting, and they're like arguing about who's going to say something. And they're like, "Fine, we should all say something." But that takes like three pages. Yeah. That's my saddest part. 
So Leland tells his story about he was with Wash and they were doing a smuggling thing and they were attacked by Reavers. I do like Wash uses one of his plastic dinosaurs. And calls oh, him, this was my favorite part of it. You're right. We, uh, this guy's like being all like stern and stuff. He's like, we're running away and we're smuggling. So Wash pulls out a dinosaur. He's like, Theodore Rex, Jurassic therapist. Why the flat face, mammal? I know. I enjoyed all of that. I did like that. But then they're chased by Reavers and Wash turns the ship around and knows which one has the weakest point and just crashes through it, and they all live and they smuggle happily to ever after. Right. Because the Reaver ship at that point was so unbalanced that it got sucked into a gravitational orbit and then the rest of the reavers went down because they have a hornet's code and then the next guy trey probably trey i might be wrong who cares <laughs> tells his story who starts it really weird he's like wash never shared pie but he sure knew how to slice one and we- then, i don't even really understand the point of this one particularly like Again, they're smuggling. Wash was good at driving things. They're flying away. He screws up the other ship's engine somehow by like filling it with carbon dioxide or something. So he like somehow manages to overheat the engine of the bigger ship by freezing and thawing and then steam or something. He lets out a bunch of steam that overheats their engine and then they crash and they all get away with smuggling. And he's like, and he never lost a cargo. And then guy number three is like, tag, two G's. Not never. One time he did lose a cargo. And then he tells his story where Wash lost the cargo. He gave up a cargo of water purifiers so that his friends could escape. Yeah. And then he got arrested or beaten up or something. One of those two. Yeah, he definitely got beaten up. And the guy was like, I was Alliance at the time, but I didn't arrest him. So that made me the good guy. And I was like, does it? I feel like you should have at least stopped him from getting beaten up this is also the shortest story it's literally two pages it's confusing (laughs) and then they're like he sure was a good guy who always looked out for his friends and they go to reach for the bottle of champagne and it's gone and then the story actually gets interesting and goes in a weird direction really well no because i was like oh i'm all for the rest of this i'm like more of this this is what i care about oh yeah totally but i just i wanted a lot more information about why and how because who stole the bottle of champagne but zoe where oh, did... i thought you were actually asking you're like who no. did it i'm like zoe where did zoe come from though why is she there where are we first of all we don't even <laughs> really establish that part who cares but, information yeah i mean i'm happy to see zoe because Thank God finally those first seven pages of unnecessary dialogue were there yeah so finally i, I have something to latch on to which i'm really grateful for but at the same time i'm like what what just happened why is zoe there why does she just listen to that whole conversation and decide to interrupt now and steal the champagne she switches it out with some cheap asian liquor saying it's what they drank on their first date and that wash loved it like he loved his friends and flying and even though zoe's stealing the champagne she probably shouldn't drink it because she's preggers i know that was my favorite part was that she also just takes the champagne like doesn't remove it to put it on a different table doesn't like, like you get the crappier booze to christen the ship with and they do but that makes the story worthwhile it also sets the stage for basically everything else that's gonna come Oh, i'm totally on board with the zoe part i just want to know i want instead of the first seven pages i want seven pages on why zoe? zoe's there and where are we and what relation does anybody have to these characters so the only thing that matters and it's nice that it's the note that we go out on because it makes the story matter and mean something is that they got to have their baby i know it's heartbreaking it is really sad they both we i mean we've seen both through the show and then through the book that we read that came out before this did that they both did want to have a child together and they're getting the child but without one of them and yeah it's very sad but very bittersweet and for a little while this was the only post show story we 
had this was the like little coda but it felt like a really weird way to end everything so i'm very glad things went on because if this is your ending like yeah so i guess here's my thing with this one i totally get what they were going for and they were going for something very similar to what the book book went for where you get your memorial to this character while learning new things about them and you get to explore their character a little bit more. But what do we learn? Wash was good at flying and wasn't the worst. Right. That's the thing is I knew all those things about Wash. I, I liked the dinosaur bit because I already knew that he liked his plastic dinosaurs. And I liked, yeah, I guess I liked the concept of it, but... I mean, compared to the episode that we got of Firefly, which was nothing but flashback, we see, like, even that silly little moment of, like, Wash for one second is like, I have a mustache. I would have cared about, like, what were his early days on the ship? Like, those stories would be more interesting. Why did him and Zoe clash originally? Or why was Zoe like, I don't like him, and how do they warm up to each other? That's a more interesting story to me, not Tag and Trey and the other Leland. They left such an impact. Right. Or even, like, Wash's family, like his parents. That would have been interesting. Yeah, how did he even get into smuggling like we don't know anything i know and I we just... don't really know anything more right right i like the concept of where this story wanted to go and i just wish that some of the details had been changed to make it a little more meaningful yeah, the last three pages are the only thing worth a damn in this book like they make a big difference they definitely change the trajectory of the story and it does give a nice ending to the wash and zoe thing but that was only the very end yeah so anyway yeah, this, it's a uh, weird note for us to go out on on this episode, but look, if you're gonna, we've already established book two has a lot of stuff in it, so you're gonna jump around. You're already getting the book. Might as well read this one. You already got it. Yeah, exactly. That's my world. And I like the Shepherd book story, so I would read that too. And that is actually the end of us for book two. We can set it aside. After this, we're moving forward to book that's four. Not, that's not true. There's still some things that are out of order in those last two books. Hang out. Find out how to read them. Yay! Because it's still confusing. Uh, and yeah, I'll but, still be in Japan. Yeah. When we talk to you next. But after this, we are moving, yeah, fully linear beyond Serenity, which I think is going to be the way more interesting stuff to talk about. So there we go. We'll talk to you guys then. Where can you find us? Patreon.com. Wow. What fun <laughs> things are happening on Patreon? I mean, you know, the other shows there day early. But the B is we're doing Buffy season 12 reviews before we do our full coverage, non spoiler and spoiler. Yeah. So they're like five to 10 minute reviews of each issue as it comes out before we do. We'll obviously do a full episode when the four issues are all out yeah. in like October. Yeah. What's really, yeah. What's really nice is there's a couple of things that I thought about afterwards when we did our thing. I'm like, God oh, damn it. I wish I had brought that up at the moment. But you know what? I'm going to have a second shot at this. Oh, good. You know, it's just one of the, you're just sitting along, you're like, man, I wish I brought that up. But, you know, I have a chance. Also, you literally created this platform for yourself. Yeah, whatever. Those are Patreon exclusive ones. Uh, everything is over at editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want the Patreon stuff, all you need to do is give us a dollar a month. Oh, yeah, or more. Or more. And Twitter, this is definitely the more active audience. So, you know, shoot a tweet. Thanks for talking to us. I respond to most of them. If I don't, it's not intentional. I don't know what Twitter says unless he shows it to me. So tell Zach to show it to me. (laughs) If I don't respond to it, I think it's because I looked at my phone and said, I'll get back to that later. And then I forget. If you don't get a response within mm, 12 hours, feel free to retweet. (laughs) Hey, idiot. Maybe don't open with that. I'm less likely to respond then. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, anybody would be. Anyway... We'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, we'll be back next week for a full post-serenity. Bye. Poso. Bye.